Hello everyone. It's Hello to everyone. It's such a wonderful, wonderful day. And I am so thankful because God is forever good. His mercy endures forever. He loves us so much. This is Greater Gospel Temple, the church of praise and worship. And I am so thankful because God has allowed me to come to you through video and also through the uh, podcast audio. So I'm doing both of those at the same time. So those of you who don't get the video can get the podcast. And for that, I am grateful. There's just so much that God does and he allows us to do. And we have access to so much modern technology. So why not just use it? Why not just use it? As I said before, I am grateful, thankful. It's such a good thing to love God. But most of all, to be loved by God is such a good thing. Greater Gospel Temple is physically our property is here in Oak Cliff in Dallas, but the edifice is not up. The sanctuary is not up, but we do virtually and then we do periodically. And before the pandemic came into play, we were doing um, a program um, every quarter. But I use common sense and I use what God has given me and I believe in considering others as well as myself. And I believe that, hey, you do what you need to do to survive because God is in charge of everything. He knows everything, but he's also told us to take heed and do what needs to be done while serving him in order to survive. And I thank him for that. I thank him for everything that he's doing. So Greater Gospel Temple has not had any public gatherings in a while, but we will be coming to you as the Lord allows, and we will be inviting you to gatherings as this uh, situation gets better because God is going to deliver us from this. We don't know when, but we know that he will. We know that he will. And the thing about that is that we're not to worry. We're not to fret. We're to abide by the rules and regulations and guidelines that are set before us. Do what we need to do to survive, okay? Do what you need to do to survive, all right? Okay, now, our Sunday school lesson is for the, let me see, the 16th. Let me go to the site here. It is for the 16th of August, and we're in the L.G. Parker's Jr. version of the uh, Sunday School lesson, which is uh, based on the International Sunday School lesson. So some titles will be different, even some scriptures will be different, but this is the one that I choose to use, and so it can help you. If yours is different, it can help you along to add something along with the subject and the scripture that you also have. 
We're talking about sheep. We talked about the sheep hearing the voice and knowing the master's voice, the shepherd's voice, and the shepherd knows his sheep, okay? And how the shepherd protects the sheep and how if somebody is hired to take care of the sheep, then they're not going to be firsthand concerned about the sheep when trouble arises. They're going to take care of themselves first because the sheep don't belong to them. Hey, I'm just a hired hand. I'm going to run for my life. But the shepherd takes care of the sheep. The sheep know his voice and he knows his sheep one by one. He knows every bleat. He knows it. And talking about us, he knows our voices. He knows us through and through. Every one of the billions and billions of us out here, he knows every one of us individually. And those of us who have repented of our sins and accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we know him too. How about that? So let me get on into the Sunday School lesson, which is entitled Seven Gifts for Jesus' Sheep. Seven Gifts for Jesus' Sheep. And we are in John, St. John, the 10th chapter, the 22nd through the 31st verses. We will go to the King James Version of the Scripture. And I will go through that, and then we will go to the commentary part of the lesson. I love you, I love you, I love you, and I thank God for you. Let me hear from you. Don't be shy about letting me hear from you. I was looking at my page the other day on YouTube, and I have some more subscribers, so hey, come on and subscribe. And then I have so many views also, like almost 7,000 views, so please just continue to watch and continue to like and let me know and let me hear from you because I want to build my page up and guess what pretty soon God's going to bless me to give prizes give gifts I promise you that okay all right all right so just keep a lookout and thank you so much for encouraging me those who listen and watch thanks so much for your encouraging words for letting me know that you're watching that you're listening and I love you every single one I love you with the love of God that's deep down in my heart all right and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you. And ye believed not the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one, then the Jews 
took up stones again to stone him. And let me go back to number 30. I and my father are one. Okay, period. Right. That's what that verse tells us. Now let me get into the commentary part of the lesson. God loves you, and I want you to know that. Now, our focal scripture is, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. John, the 10th chapter, the 27th through the 28th verses. That is so good. No one can snatch us out of the hands of Jesus. That's my doorbell. I had changed the sound, but I didn't change the sound on the computer, okay? So please forgive me. I know it comes out loud, and I really don't mean that I need to suspend it, but I, I want to go ahead and get this lesson. So please forgive me for that. Next time, I am going to try to remember for the next webcast to silence that bell on the computer, okay? So please bear with me. Please bear with me. Seven gifts for Jesus' sheep. The festival of dedication, or Hanukkah, Hanukkah, also called the Festival of Lights, lasted eight days, was celebrated in December, and commemorated the cleansing of the temple and altar and the rededication of the temple to God by Judas Maccabeus in 165 BC after Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated the altar by sacrificing swine on it. My God. Now under the Maccabean dynasty, the Jews remained free for about 100 years until the Romans conquered Jerusalem and put King Herod on the throne. Now Herod was not a Jew, but an Idumean or Idumean, I-D-U-M-E-A-N. I haven't looked it up, okay, but I will. All right, I, you know how I am about pronunciation. You know how I am about punctuation. If you know anything about me, if you communicate with me, please do your punctuations, okay? Please do your capitals and your lower cases when they're supposed to be and where they're supposed to be now. If you, if you, that's the only way you can communicate, then just communicate with me that way. I'm not telling you not to communicate with me, okay? But just be aware of some things are, are better to read. Now I can read backwards, I can read upside down and all of that, but I want you to, you know, do what you need to do. All right. I don't get it right all the time. I do not get it right all the time. And I admit that, okay? I make mistakes and I get it wrong sometimes. But when I find out that it's not right, I will work on it. By golly, I surely will. So we're here to help each other. You can help me and I can help you. Okay, now let me get back into this lesson. All right, because see, I, I got into that because I just ran all over number 30. I just ran right on over that sentence and just didn't even give it an ending, okay? Now, let me get back to this. <laughs> okay, now Romans conquered Jerusalem and put King Herod on the throne. Now Herod was not a Jew, okay? So to please the Jews and solidify his political power, King Herod began restoring the temple in Jerusalem where Jesus taught and walked. 
So December was winter weather and spiritually it was dark and cold in Judea. Jesus Christ, the true light of the world, taught and preached the good news in the portico of Solomon and other places in Jerusalem. Jesus openly taught the crowds the same message continually so as many people as possible could hear him and learn that he was the good shepherd. Now his sheep would hear his voice and follow him. Obviously, there were no audio recordings, newspapers, or internet services to report what Jesus taught. Jesus taught the crowds personally and repeated himself often, which, was, which also gave his disciples an opportunity to memorize his message and repeat his message accurately after Jesus ascended into heaven. This, all right, we'll get back into this. So, the sheep. Now, the portico of Solomon was sheltered by a roof and supported by columns 40 feet tall. And we call it Solomon's porch, okay? So while Jesus was walking in the temple, he was surrounded by religious leaders and rabbis who also used the portico of Solomon for teaching their disciples. They demanded that Jesus tell them the truth about himself and declared plainly whether he was and declared plainly what whether he was the Messiah. They had done the same to John the Baptist who quoted scripture and said he was not the Messiah, but a voice crying in the wilderness. Everyone in Judea had popular ideas firmly fixed in their minds about what the Messiah would do when he came. They believed the Messiah would be a political leader who would restore their worldly kingdom above all the nations of the earth. Jesus' way was his father's way and not what anyone expected, so Jesus could not answer them directly by saying, yes, I am the Messiah, for they would have completely misunderstood him. So by word and deed, over a three-year period of ministry, Jesus had to show that he was the Messiah that God wanted them to have, not the Messiah they wanted. Then that's Messiah, you me, okay? Either way, the religious leaders knew that they would lose their political power and position if Jesus succeeded as a new leader in Jerusalem, whether Messiah or not. So they had to oppose, oppose, and dispose of Jesus no matter what he did. People are so afraid of change. They are so afraid that they will lose what little so-called power they have to someone else. But let me tell you this, there's enough room, there's enough space for everybody to have their share. The billions of us can have our own share of power, of wealth, of uh, 
intelligence, whatever the error is that God provides, there's room for all of us to have that. There is no reason for us to be jealous and envious of one and the other. Okay? No reason whatsoever. And if we would ever just let that soak, marinate in our minds, then we would have a new way of thinking. We wouldn't have to clamor. We wouldn't have to hustle. We wouldn't have to try to, people wouldn't have to try to run over this one for their position and that one for their position, That's this one for their prestige because they have a relationship with this person who we consider to be in a higher position or in a better spot than us. And so they run to try to get into that person's good graces and all that. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. We have our own places that have been provided by God to us. We don't have to fuss, fight, run over, be envious, jealous of each other. There's room for each of us to have whatever God has for us. Okay, okay, now let me go. These, these people are something else, and this is what's happening today. So, in John's Gospel, prior to this encounter, Jesus had told two people directly that he was the Messiah. He had told the Samaritan woman at the well and the man born blind that he healed. Jesus knew these two were his sheep and believers in him. Jesus told everyone else that he was the Messiah directly by his words and deeds. He healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, enabled the lame to walk, and raised the dead. He would soon raise Lazarus from the dead. And we can see that in John the 11th chapter coming up, okay? So Jesus spoke figurative language for, for ears willing to hear so they would know that he was the Messiah. He was the good shepherd. But most of the religious leaders refused to understand Jesus or believe him. He did works in his father's name because he was sent by God. He did many works that none before him did, such as giving sight to the man born blind. His works bore witness that he was the Messiah, but not what the Jewish leaders expected or wanted. The religious leaders wanted to rule and reign with the Messiah, and Jesus made it clear that under his leadership as the Messiah, this would not happen. They were not his sheep. Oh, he was, oh, he had to tell them, didn't he? If we don't believe in God, if we have not repented of our sins and accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior, if we're not, we're not of his sheep. But I have repented by the grace of God. I have been forgiven and I have accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior and I try to live the best life that I can live and leave the rest up to God. Oh yes, that's what I do. So first, Jesus placed the responsibility for their unbelief upon them saying, you do not believe. Now these religious leaders never actually believed the scriptures or obeyed them. Instead, they created laws that would help them avoid obeying the scriptures. Oh my goodness. 
Have you ever heard people put a twist on the scripture to make it fit their lifestyle? Have you ever heard anyone do that? Or have you ever seen someone live a certain way to put a spin on the scripture? If the scripture said we don't do this, then we don't do that. But they say, okay, this is what I do and the scripture is okay with that. Have you ever seen that? You see, we, when we dig into the, we get in, dig into it, I'm going to leave that, dig into the scripture, the Holy Ghost leads us. There are some things that God allows and there are some things that he does not allow. And he told us to be moderate in everything. Okay? Be wise. And there even though we it's all right to do some things or do certain things that people are against, then we don't do those in front of those people who believe that it's not to be done, even though God says it's all right to be done, but we can do that in our own little closed circle. Because we don't want to be a stumbling block to others. It's just like when some say, uh, we don't eat meat, then it's nothing wrong with eating meat. But then if you're around people who don't believe you should eat meat and their souls depend upon what they see you do or what you say, you don't want to be a stumbling block to them. So you don't eat meat in front of them, but you can have some meat at home and you can eat that meat if you want to because it's not hurting them because they're not seeing you and it's not being deceptive, okay? But you don't want to be a stumbling block in anyone else's way. Now, there are things that God forbids, and you know I've talked about those things, uh, backbiting, fornication, adultery, and all of that. And even though many of us have been partakers of that, when we know we get older, we learn more, and we know for a fact that this is not what God wants. We grow, we grow, we're supposed to progress in living this sanctified life. So we don't do those things anymore. We have come out of sin and we're living a sanctified life to the best of our abilities and then we leave the rest up to God. Okay, so that's, that's my thing. I am the kind of person, I do not try to condemn, try to talk down on people, because I was a sinner. I was a wretch undone. I had to repent and accept Jesus Christ as my personal savior just like so many and all the other saints and Christians had to do. And in my walk, I have made mistakes. I've done some mistakes. I've done some things that should not have been done years ago, but God spared my life, let me get through those things showed me what I had done that was not supposed to have been done, but even though it was done, he allowed me to live and to be able to repent of those things and be able to live a saved and sanctified life for him up to now. And I am waiting 
waiting, waiting on the crown of life that he has for me. So if you fall down, get back up, shake the dust off of you. If you fall in the mud, go and take a shower. If you're around a pool or something, get in that pool, clean yourself off, dry yourself off, and continue in this way. Just make sure you get up and continue. Repent and continue because God is just that merciful. He's just that merciful. Now, I'm telling you, if you think you're going to get away with going, so oh, I'll do this. And then I'll repent because I know God is going to forgive me. Don't take that chance, okay? Don't take that chance. Don't take that chance. All right? Now, let me get back to this. These religious leaders never actually believed the scriptures or obeyed them. Instead, they created laws that would help them avoid obeying the scriptures. They created loopholes in the law of God to benefit them and their friends. They were not the sheep of God because they would not listen to the scriptures or obey God. Second, Jesus pointed to divine providence or divine judgment by saying of them, you do not belong to my sheep. No doubt during the time between the festival of tabernacles and the festival of dedication, Jesus had openly spoken and taught many times about being the good shepherd of the sheep, and he proved it by loving and gracious help he gave others, by the loving and gracious help he gave others. He proved it. And we prove that too by being loving and gracious to others and letting our light shine before men that they can see our good works and glorify our God, which is in heaven. Okay? Now, these re religious leaders knew the law of Moses and their traditions, but they set the law of God aside and disobeyed God to do as they wanted. They did not want to know God or the voice of God, so they did not belong among Jesus' sheep. They did not want Jesus' sheep to compete with them and their sheep. They wanted to maintain their control over the people. And I remember Elder Davis talking about uh, someone told him that uh, the tithing, you know, we're to pay tithe, we're to pay 10% of our gross income. So <laughs> Elder Davis said, Somebody said tithing is under the law. And so meaning that, you know, that was back then in the Old, Test Old Testament when God required them to pay tithing. So it's not for the New Testament living today. So Elder Davis told him, of course, we know tithing is still in effect according to God. OK, so <laughs> Elder Davis told him, say, you better. The man said, well, tithing is under the law. Elder Davis said, well, you better crawl back under there and get them. So that's what I'm saying now. So the law. It, this is this is what he would tell us. He said, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. 
So they both are still in effect today, okay? They both are in effect. You can't do one without the other. All right, now, the sheep of God, the people of God, those led by Jesus the Good Shepherd, heard the voice of God in the loving ways of Jesus and his words Jesus spoke. Most importantly, Jesus said that he knew them. He knew them by name. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Jesus knows you by name. He knows me by name. Out of all the billions and trillions and gazillions, however far you can go in those aliens, he knows us individually by name. It's just that personal with him. It's just that personal. He has that much love that he can love us individually. He can bless us individually. And I think sometimes about, I try to Im imagine God sitting and watching every single one of us down here on this earth. Isn't that amazing? And he's hearing us at the same time. He knows our needs at the same time. He knows our pains at the same time. He hears our prayers at the same time. He can answer our prayers at the same time. He can bring us comfort at the same time. He can give us food, clothing, money, whatever we need at the same time. And nobody will ever go lacking. Nobody's will ever be late. That's the God that we serve. My God, isn't he a wonderful, 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 wonderful God? Hallelujah. Okay. He knew them by name. As he said earlier, he called them by name and they followed him. They obeyed him. They knew the father had sent him. And see, this is why we have to know who Jesus is and we have to know who we are to Jesus. Okay? The claims of, that of Jesus brought division among the leaders when they saw their power slipping away as more people followed Jesus and obeyed his teachings instead of their tradition. So there were claims that he was bringing division. So secular and anti-Christian leaders know that those who follow Jesus first always obey him first, and they feel threatened as they lose control of those who come to know Jesus and love to serve God. And I am reading a book now. Gosh, I cannot, I, I can't think of the name of it because sometimes I read more than one book at a time. You know, read a little bit, this is that. But anyway, this book, is talking about how the the saints unified and they had a target town that was run by evil and devil worshipers they they made up their minds they they banded together they bonded in the name of the lord and they went to that town and reclaimed that town for the lord and then they had, uh, because they unified, they unified, they bonded together. The pastors had um, 
it got so to they they were so unified to this pastor over here would go and preach at this other church and that other pastor would come and preach at his church on a certain Sunday. They had no inhibitions about that because they knew the other one was not trying to take over the other one's congregation. All right. So that's the unification that they had. And even when they did um, a worship service at it was a stadium, it was at some place they did one. And even those devil worshipers came in and occupied a corner for themselves. They occupied that place and stood there against those Christians. But let me tell you, those Christians were so bonded together and the Holy Ghost was moving so till they had those evil spirits, those devil worshipers had to go. And they said that the church grew sometimes 400 percent, 500 percent in that town because the Lord took over through the saints of God who bonded, banded, and unified themselves in the name of the Lord and they went against evil and declared peace in that place and God heard them and he worked through them. I'm going to tell you that book because I'm not finished with the book yet, but it's just so amazing and what we can do and God has told us this. He's told us this through the apostles, through the scriptures, through the prophets, that if we band together, there is so much power in unity, in unity. Okay, let me get on back. <laughs> let me get back. Okay. John the 10th chapter and the 28th verse said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now that is strong, strong, strong. And Jesus said that. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And there is a scripture that says, If it were possible in the last days, the very elect would be, would be lost. But it's not possible because he said, If it were possible. So look at this. He said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So recall what the religious leaders called the Jews by John offered people. When rec then recall that Jesus offered grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth and grace and truth came through Jesus. So we can see that in John, the first chapter, the 14th through the 18th verses. Now Jesus gives his sheep. Those who believe in him, those are his sheep. That's us. Those who believe in Jesus, okay? Eternal life, which is a God-given quality of life that begins here when anyone believes in him, meaning Jesus, and this God-given new life will last forever. Forever, okay? His only son... No tyrant, politician, or set of rules can give eternal life to anyone. Jesus' sheep will face many perils, and you know we're facing them, okay? Persecutions, you know we're facing them, okay? And sufferings in this world, 
but they will never perish. They will live forever with the Father and the Good Shepherd. Jesus, the Son of God, has the power of God and no one can snatch one of his sheep out of his hand. That means no one, nobody, uh-uh, no, no, nobody can snatch us out of Jesus' hands, okay? As long as we keep that faith and stay saved, nobody, nothing can snatch us out of Jesus' hands. And then if Jesus didn't want us to be snatched, hey, we wouldn't be snatched anyway. But anyway, well, if we go back into sin, that means that we're surrendering. We're surrendering to the enemy, all right? So his hand gives eternal protection to his sheep. Now, the truth and love that the Father gave Jesus to share with the world are greater than any truth or any love anyone will learn or experience in this world. The Father has given Jesus the sheep that he protects, and they listen to and follow Jesus. Jesus' flock of sheep, under his leadership, as their Lord and Savior, is greater than any else in the world. And I'll say that because that chime came in. Jesus' flock of sheep under, their, uh, under his leadership, excuse me, as their Lord and Savior is greater than any else in the world. The true church, those who truly believe in Jesus, also believe his word. Don't we believe his word? We live by it every day. They love him and obey him. We love him and obey him. That's Jesus, okay? And the true church is greater than anything else in the world. The true church is greater than any nation, kingdom, organization, corporation, political party, or group of people on earth. No one, not even the devil, can snatch the church out of the Father's hand or Jesus' hand. So in Jesus' illustration earlier in this chapter, he spoke of wolves snatching unguarded sheep. The Father and Son never sleep and are always guarding their sheep. Therefore, even though the sheep may suffer in this world, they cannot be snatched away from God, the Father, and Jesus. They cannot perish. They cannot lose eternal life. Even though we may die a natural death, we will still not perish because in the last days, when the trump shall be sound, Jesus will come back and he will stand in the air. And those who have died in the Lord shall rise first. And those of us, if we didn't die a natural death, then we'll be caught up, we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, and we will meet him in the air. Now, there's a scripture that tells us, and some people say, we all got to go this way. You hear them say it at funerals. We all got to go this way. No, we all don't got to go that way. Because the Bible tells us that we, will not, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. 
So everybody will not have died a natural death when Jesus comes back for us. Okay? Now that's in the Bible. If you believe one thing, you have to believe it all. Or else you're not on track. All right? Now the Father and the Son never sleep and are always guarding their sheep. Therefore... Even though their sheep may suffer in the world, and I'm repeating, I know, they cannot be snatched away from God the Father and Jesus. They cannot perish. They cannot lose eternal life. That's why God gave me that song, Shine. God has prepared a special place for you and me. We can live eternally, okay? Now you can get that from me, all right? Now Jesus concluded his remarks by claiming more about himself than what they expected of the Messiah. Huge volumes have been written defining what this one verse means, okay? At least Jesus meant and taught that God the Father and He were always in perfect unity of love, thought, purpose, and agreement. At the least, Jesus must have meant that He always knew exactly what God the Father wanted Him to say and do. Then, as God the Father, Jesus always did exactly what the Father wanted Him to say and do. The Gospels show repeatedly how God the Father and God the Son were two persons always in agreement and always working together. So we can see that in the first chapter of John, okay? Now because the Bible teaches that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God the Father and He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary, the Christian church believes that Jesus is fully God and fully human, believing in one God. The Christian church believes in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They all make one. That's what we believe. Now, once again, the religious leaders heard enough to begin uh, gathering stones to put Jesus to death for blasphemy according to their interpretations of the law of God, but hurriedly and without a fair trial. But according to the scriptures, Jesus would not die in this way. The Father and the Son working together saved Jesus from death by stoning so Jesus could die on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. He raised from the dead and as, excuse me, be raised from the dead. Now, you know, I'm, I'm doing I'm this OCD thing and I've been trying not to go back. I repeat the whole sentence, but the Father and the Son working together saved Jesus from death by stoning so Jesus could die on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. He raised, see I messed it up again, so he could die on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins, be raised from the dead, and ascend into heaven to sit at the right hand of God until he comes again as he promised. And I know this has taken a while, and the minutes, 42 minutes, I'm at 42 minutes and 38 seconds now. Now here are the questions for you to ponder over. Why do you think Jesus refused to tell the Jewish religious leaders directly that he was the Messiah? Number two, in whose name did Jesus do his works and why? Number three, why did the religious leaders refuse to believe Jesus? Number four, what are three benefits when believers follow Jesus? Number five, in whose hands are Jesus' sheep? And the next one, why is this important? 
and they always say five questions, but then they have sometimes two different questions on one number, okay? But that's fine, too. This is good exercise for you. I love you. Now, let's do this. If you have not repented of your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and let's do that now. I don't force people because God doesn't force us. He didn't force me. He won't force you. He gives us a choice. You can choose to uh, repent and accept him or you can choose not to. But I admonish you to choose him. Even if you're not serious, if you don't think you're ready, still do this today because we don't know the second that God is going to call that last breath in for any of us. Okay, so this is so simple. Just say, dear God, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins in the name of Jesus. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Amen. And that's it. Now you've repented. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Now ask God to send someone to you to lead you to a congregation that has a sanctified leader or send you somewhere where they have a sanctified leader. And now you know we're all doing this, most of us, online. Online. On different avenues. Okay, different sites. So you, there's no excuse for not attending a worship. Okay? You can do it 24-7. You can do that. My telephone number at Greater Gospel Temple is 469-629-9543. The email address is ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. The phone number again, 469-629-9543. Our lesson, this is the lesson Sunday school for the 16th of August. Seven gifts for Jesus' sheep. Seven gifts for Jesus' sheep. I am so thankful that you have joined me today, tonight, this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whichever you have joined me in. And I've just been moving around, haven't I? Trying to get this stuff straight. But anyway, <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. Enjoy your day, whichever part of the day or night it is. You enjoy that, okay? Let me know that you're watching and listening. I love you.